Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. McFarlane, McFarlane, McFarlane. Oh, my goodness. Last I talked to you guys, Gordo and Sammy, I was saying McFarlane, and I think that, Gordo, you had said, you know, you needed McFarlane injected in your veins. Instead, you know what you got? You got a sweep. I got McFarlane injected got, in my veins. I mean, if there, as, yeah, exactly. That That is basically science. It, the, the equivalent of a sweep in baseball is having McFarlane just mainlined right into your vein. There you go. I you probably shouldn't have said that. Can... I don't care. That's what it was like. <laughs> they they power the pain train, but they also power the brooms. So it goes both ways. <laughs> and I told you guys, all I can think about, even Cora after the game, where he's like, oh, some of you got like this group here. Hopefully you learn your lesson. I'm like, please, come on. Come on. No. I said, but it was ringing through my head what I said to you guys last time, which is covering a semi-crappy baseball team is so hard. It sucks because because this happens. Exactly, This exact thing happens, which is you win a game or two, and then everyone's like, told you, like all that stuff you were writing, all that panic that we had in our last podcast, how stupid were you guys? Oh, my God. What were you doing? You're panicking. Baseball is so unfair in that way. Uh, so, anyway, this is my rant. How are you? That's not the first That's not the first time it happened. Do you guys remember uh, I, that race series early on? The Sox got swept, and we all came on here, and we went nuts. And I forget what happened after that, but I remember feeling like, oh, my God, they, they just won another series, and now they're above 500. And, like, we were talking about the season being over before it started, and there's that. And now this happens again. I mean, I, I guess we'll take it. But it, it really is... His team is bipolar. So, but Sammy, I'll ask you because you're quiet. You, is your mic working? My, I'm I'm great. It I'm is. in total Zen mode right now. <laughs> Had a great day watching the Red Sox sweep Toronto. I've got a nice whiskey here. Just Ooh, there you full, go. Full on Zen mode. Feeling great. Late night. Late night. It's getting blue. It's getting spicy. Yeah. Um, but I, it, it was you know I. I, I was asked, I asked Will Fleming this in the pregame show today, and this was before the game. I said, do you feel any different about this team? And, you know, they even if they lost today, you could have said this. Do you feel any different? Is the vibes any different? Do you, do you have a different view of this team than you did the two or three days before? And he said, no, I was, I was glad he said that. It was honest opinion because, and I, I think that he's right. 
through all the whiskeys and through all the all the good vibes, like at the end of the day, the roller coaster has has made us throw up so many times. We we, we you know we can't just think it's going to be a, a a smooth sailing from here, right, guys? Yeah, I mean, I used to be the kind of fan who would get way too high, way too low. As recently as like last year. Yeah. So as recently as an hour ago. The whole goal, and I mentioned this our, our preseason episode, I'm not gonna let the Red Sox hurt me. I picked 84 wins and narrowly missing the playoffs and being totally content with meaningful baseball up until September. I'm sticking with that. I feel really good about that number right now, and I'm not gonna get mad. Zen mode. Gordon, uh, Gordon, Gordo. I believe 27% of what Sammy just said. Same. Okay, and what what about the other 73? I don't believe him at all. I believe he's he's numbing his his pain with that whiskey he just threw down his gullet. And I think that he's telling himself, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. But actually, let me rephrase. If the Red Sox keep bunting, then I'll get mad. I'll get furious. Yeah, so, you hold know, on. You were you were mad as recently as three days ago. It's because of the bunt. That's it. Just the Connor Wong <laughs> bunt. I wanted to explode. You know who can bunt? David Hamilton. He can bunt. He's and Reese. Unbelie- he, he, he's a rocket ship on the field. He can bunt. Nobody else. Reese McGuire is the only other. Yeah, you don't seven. even need an oblique to bunt. Yeah, uh, he's he, the only option. Other option because he's very, very fundamentally great at bunting, which is strange, but we'll take it. It's not the guy you would do to bunt Again, put it another bumper sticker. 2023 Red Sox. We were pretty good bunters. So, I mean, <laughs> Gordo. For, you, Caleb. Gordo. Yeah, Gordo. Okay, Sammy's trying to convince us of something that's only 27% true. Give us the what's what. Give us the honest like take here. Like, how are you feeling? It's okay if you're flying high. It's okay. It's okay if you're screaming. If your only problem in life was Jaron Duran getting snubbed for the All Star team, it's okay. How do you feel? Hey, hold on. There. Yes, for now he is snubbed. But as we've noted in our group chat, Aaron Judge is injured. Jordan Alvarez is injured, and Austin Hayes has what a hip contusion. So yeah, you never know that. Day to day, never know. Maybe someone hits him with a pitch in the hip, and the contusion gets worse. He doesn't play in the game. So. I'm not calling it over until it's over. Those plane tickets only get more expensive the closer you get to that game. Oh, believe me. I I literally just bought a plane ticket to Seattle. I understand that. (laughs) Yeah. No, I I think it's okay. I think it's okay to fly high. I'm I'm happy about the games, but I'm like it's not it's not change like it's it's what Will said. It doesn't change the outlook. I I I flip-flop at this point between this team is painfully average and painfully bad. Like I, I haven't been at the painfully or the delightfully good mark since probably. Not even the six game win streak. The six game win streak. No, the six game win streak got me to the point where I was willing to consider getting there. Like if they if they'd kept going and like taken one of those final two against the Twins and then taken two out of three out of three from the White Sox, then then I probably would have gotten there. Okay, but it was it was close. I was like at I was at that point. I was gonna get there. And then they they killed me again. Rob, I'll be honest about this. You actually changed my mind on something slightly the other day. I think it was a few episodes ago. I was pretty, pretty dead set on you got to get rid of Paxton because the return is going to be, you know, 
not amazing, but very good, something useful. Got to get rid of Duvall, maybe consider trading Turner. But when you look at the NL Central. Oh, I, I, I love that. I, I have I have been the guy, I basically, I'm driving that rocket ship. Like yeah, I, yeah. I, I was, I do a lot of stupid things and I say a lot of stupid things. But when I came across that talking point, I'm riding that one, baby. I, I yeah. mentioned it. I mentioned it on a radio station in Toronto. I mentioned it on a radio station in Chicago. And I mentioned it on a radio station in Boston all today. That very thing. Because it's irrefutable. Wait, there hold on. I, I'm lost. Back up. What are you even this talking about? This is what about? I'm talking about. Sorry. I got so excited. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was that if you're good enough to get the third wild card, you should be you should try to get it no matter if you have a chance to get it you should try to get it because you will be playing the team that wins the central which is like if you can't be afraid of that team even with Joe Ryan and Sonny Gray you still can't be afraid of the the Guardians the Twins the White Sox the Tigers whoever it might be and if you if win there then you're on your way then you got the magic going and here you go that's why you don't give up hope yeah, and I'm and, sorry. And you not, can sound like it can sound like a, a blind a blind optimist. That's a realist. That is a very real. How, how many games are they out now? Three and a half or something? Three, three and a half. Three and a half. Yeah, three and a half. So, so yeah. I'm not fully I'm not fully in buy mode. I'm just not in full sell off mode. There are certain players that I think you really have to sell, like Adam Duvall. I feel like Milwaukee would go nuts for him. Saw so a number that they're really, really, really bad against left handed pitching, and they lack power. There you go. Perfect kind of guy to send to Milwaukee. So, you know, there's some guys that you really can't pass up the chance to move. But, you know, James Paxton, this is a guy that a few weeks ago, I was like, you have to trade this guy. You're crazy if you don't trade him. Now I'm thinking, you really want to trade him? Well, Why not? Well, well and also, like, let's be honest. And what we haven't talked about was the Garrett Whitlock thing that happened today. Like trading James Paxson is right now is just not even an option. It does it makes yeah. no sense. Even if you think that you're going to be a seller, which they aren't right now, you you can't do that because you have to wait to the end of the month to get full value. One of the sneaky things that happened, what was it, Friday, was the Chapman trade. Was that Friday or Thursday? Did we do that? I can't remember. That was Friday. Friday, Friday. yeah. So the Chapman trade, the way that I look at the Chapman trade was – Chapman was basically James Paxton, right? What I mean, didn't Chapman have a, a four million dollar one year contract also? Or like the reliever yeah, versus like nothing. Reliever, yeah, reliever like a closer versus a starting pitcher. And I understand two different positions, but what happened there? And it was like, oh, here come the trades, here come the floodgates. No, what happened there? For whatever reason, Kansas City said, okay, you know what? We really like this 18-year-old, and we really like this failed first-round pick who you know was a first-round pick in 2016, and every time he's in the major league doesn't do well. That's good enough for us. It was it was an outlier. It was an aberration. That is not – if if you're going to try – if that's what you're going to get for James Paxton, you don't even bother. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's – by the way, that's not what you get for James Paxton in a couple of weeks. No, I, th- I think, and also the the market for starting pitching is extremely bleak, like we've talked about a million times. That would give the Red Sox a lot of leverage, whereas the reliever market is a little bit more lush just based on the amount of them. Great use of the word lush. Lush, I lush. used to be a journalist. 
I know, I know. We learn something new every day. But uh, but yeah, so I think that as we see here right now, I mean, I think honestly, I think we were fair the last podcast, guys. I think we were we were as level headed as you can be, considering you're coming off a sweep to the Marlins and the way that things were treading. I mean, yeah, maybe I overuse the word malpractice, sure, <laughs> but 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 at the same time. You know, we tried to find a solution that was realistic in your uh, hunt, uh, <laughs> Hassan Kim, right? Correct. I'm yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all in on that trade still. By the way, what was your reaction? What was your social media reaction to that? I mean, I, I couldn't use. I mean, before yesterday, <laughs> it was a little bit mixed. It's, it's pretty funny. So I've noticed that Red Sox fans they want upgrades, significant upgrades yet they don't want to part with any prospects. They want their cake and they want to eat it too. And it doesn't make any sense. So I tried to reason with a few people saying, you know, Nick York's a great prospect, but it's pretty clear he's blocked. Marcelo Meyer is going to surpass him. Trevor Story's here for another, what, four and a half years. Doesn't really make sense to hang on to him if you can ship him off for something that makes sense. Who, who and do people you, just didn't want to hear. Who do you think, well, this, I'll ask you guys, who do you think is going to be a better major league player? Kim or York? Uh, oh, God. Kim is seventh in Major League Baseball in B-War right now. I don't think York has enough tools to get there. I was talking to someone about this. All his value, 90% of his value is tied to his bat. That freaks me out. Hassan Kim's a slightly above average bat, an elite, elite defender, and a very good base runner. He's also going to hit close to 20 home runs this year. So I would go Kim. Okay, fair. Have you fended off? Have you guys fended off to Don Raphael's brother? <laughs> How did that DM go? We 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 were uh, concocting trades in the DMs. We were trying to offload sales contract. Decided we can't do that. Untradeable. Bunch of little things going on. What, what does so, he want for his brother? Well, let, let's set the scene here. So after we finished the podcast, one of you guys said we found a way to fix the Red Sox. Right or something like that, and Sedan Raffaello's brother. What's I should say? What's his first name? Sedan. Sedan seems like a very nice guy. I know Sedan's a very nice guy. He's the man. Sedan. Um, he's like I can't wait to find out or something. And we're I. You guys thought the same thing I did. Oh crap! I think we traded his brother as part of the the reason like you're gonna fix this. But then we turns out we backtracked on that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. I think I think it makes genuinely. I think it makes more sense for York to be in that deal. Not because your we best friend backtrack- brother. We did backtrack it a little bit, but we didn't fully. We we I think <laughs> I think we ended up landing on one of them, but York probably makes more sense. We didn't fully we didn't fully walk it back. Well, I mean, it's a compliment to York. York's on fire this year. He's playing really well. His defense has become you know average-ish. It was bad when we got him. Now he's average. So compliment to York. Take that home with you, Nick. Well, well, okay. Point of order. And we don't have Coop or Pat here to as part of the vote, so we'll have to wait for them. Should we invite Cezanne Raffaella as part of the Who Says No crew? <laughs> Absolutely. I'll hit him up right now. <laughs> Unequivocal, yes. 100%. We already have plans to get a beer when Sedan uh, gets called up. <laughs> Let's go. And immediately uh, that will be followed by Brian Abraham, farm director, texting Sedan saying, Get your brother off Twitter. Exactly. Off that podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, know. PR, PR. I, I mean, I, I can think of another, I think a couple other relatives of players who would probably jump in the who says no crew. 
So I'm not going to name them, but I can think of a couple others. It's 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 a fun ride, man. It's a fun ride. So so, <laughs> so go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, all right, Gordo. So, so what's so what's what's your take? Give me your takeaway before we get to my plea to you, because uh, we need. There's still some fixing to do. There is still some fixing to do. I mean, everyone's feeling good about the situation now, but holy mackerel! I mean, <laughs> Garrett Whitlock. This is doesn't sound good, man. It does not sound good, and and it's one of these things where. You say it's the same as the last thing. You better hope it's the same as the last thing because you came back from that. Continuous problems with the elbow, that's tough. And we saw this with Paxton. I mean, we talked about this. If Paxton went down when he had that knee thing, we're like, oh, what are you going to do? Well, we're in the same spot here. And and this isn't like, do you think he's going to make his next start? Garrett Whitlock is not making his next start. No. I, I was I was like lightheaded watching James Paxson pitch on Friday. I was so nervous. But holy cow, what an outing. Dominant. By the way, we were totally wrong on the last podcast. I was saying James Paxson versus the Blue Jays on Canada Day. And then the game starts. Oh, I, I know. Realized, I know. Oh, you you I didn't have to bring that up. I mean, it's a small mistake. <laughs> it didn't ruin me from telling my Rick Purcell and John Henry Canada Day story. Gordo, how do you feel about the situation? Yeah, I I think the, the the Whitlock situation is part of the reason you can't get too high after the sweep because it's like, oh my God, we're about the we're about to see the Red Sox face Texas with multiple TBDs. Technically, I think it's three right now, but Bayo's going to make one of them. He's the best. And then, TBD is the best. Yeah, and then and then after that, now you're dealing with Whitlock's spot. So it, it really is going to be about limping into the all-star break and then i mean obviously hoping you get some relatively okay news on whitlock although i really think the best case scenario is still kind of a death sentence because if he misses what like three or four starts then like what do you what do you even do because you have multiple multiple bullpen day tbd whatevers you can't get through two three four by the way is it is it bad that as i'm watching this game the second and third inning i'm like you know Maybe Brennan Bernardino could be a starter. Maybe you could stretch him out. <laughs> like, why nasty, not? Man. Give it, He's give it nasty. a whirl. Give it a whirl. He's good. He's I have good. a question. Can I pose a question? Yes. Are we in considering rental starting pitcher territory? Because as no, we said, they, they will, they, they won't do that. He won't what? do that. He won't do it. I think, he's, I think he's completely. I think he's completely, and I say this like because. Meanwhile, you have like the Schwarber example, which sort of like contradicts what I'm about to say. But they gave up nothing for Schwarber because he had a bad hamstring. I mean, nothing. But I think that if they're going to give up anything of value, they want control, some more control than a year. Well, yeah, of course. But I'm saying a rental that would be relatively cheap. I had an idea earlier this morning before he was announced to the friggin' All Star (laughs) team. Michael Lorenzo. Great idea. That was a great a, idea, by the way. He's a total number four or five pitcher. He's obviously only on the All Star team because he's on the Tigers. Nothing against the guy, but like, come on, let's be real. It, and he's got he's thirty one years old. He's free agent after this year. What is that going to cost? That's not going to cost much. And that's a guy who stabilizes your team. 
stops the water from coming into the boat so you don't sink as quick. Mm. You know, he's fine. He's nothing crazy. He's kind of like he's kind of like what we thought Nick Pavetta would be, if that makes any sense. Like a good four or five starting pitcher. I don't think he's going to cost that much. I, I'm I can't believe I'm saying this. I'm actually okay with a rental like that. And you can extend him if you really like him. He's not going to be he's not going to be a big money guy. 31 years old, mid fours ERA, doesn't do anything especially well, decent fastball. Why not? He's ripped too. Looks like Pat Brown. Shout out Pat. <laughs> there you go. The final nail in the cup. Pat Brown. Uh, here's the thing. I think that what the Whitlock situation could potentially do, and this is like, you know, it, trying to 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 make a, a very bad situation, add a little bit of a ray of sunshine. Not even. A little bit of a ray of reality. Which is... When you have all these guys with Sale and how ultimately coming back, they can say, well, we don't need another starter because these are coming back and we have enough, right? Well, if Whitlock's out and it looks like he's going to be out, you do need another starter even with those guys coming back. You you, you do. So it's not like you're, you're, you're going to be getting a starter and sitting there in two weeks and saying, oh, what an embarrassment of riches. No, like you legitimately – need someone to get you to the end of the year and potentially, if you ever did play in the playoffs, potentially actually pitch in the playoffs. That's where you're at. Like, that is where you're at. Because you don't know what you're going to get with Sale. You don't know what you get with Pauk or how long it's going to be. But sale, I haven't even thought of Sale in a month. I can't. And, and, well, and here's another, here's another, before we get to the, you know, the the trade that they, they should really be bold and make, Here's another avenue they could go down, but they're so resistant to do it. You have a starter pitching in the bullpen, right? And I understand that you really like how he's pitching in the bullpen. I'm with you. I get it. But guess what? It's time to get another reliever to do the job that he's doing and let Nick Pavetta be your starter again. That's where you're at. I think that that they they have been seduced so much by him as a reliever. We saw it again on Sunday. Good for him. But right now, sorry, you gotta find you can go out and find another reliever a whole lot better than you can find a Nick Pavetta as a starter, right? I mean, if Nick Pavetta was available as a starter to get, you would say, okay, go go get him. Yeah. Am I wrong? What Tim Wakefield was saying on the broadcast. Point. Tim Wakefield was singing his praises. He was saying his stuff is elite, not elite, but he said his stuff is very good. He'll be back in the rotation shortly. That's where they want him. I don't know if that's true. No, that's, but- not, that's not where they want him. They want him to be like, to do what he's been doing because he was so good doing it. But you can't discount that like, he pitched four innings today. And, yeah, exactly. Okay, you're on your way. I mean, this is, let's not overthink this. He's right there. No, that's that's an interesting, and an interesting thing is you, just because you stretch him out and, and make him a quote unquote starter, maybe maybe an idea with him is to have an opener in his starts, get someone through those first, what, three, four guys in the lineup. So Pavetta doesn't have to see them three times. And he's, he's already at four innings. You build them up to five or six and then bam, you're in the seventh or eighth. I like, I like the way you're thinking. It's yeah. A good idea. Why not? It's a good idea. I think it's like uh, kind of just like a, a slightly more stretched out version of what they did today. And they did today on, on a whim. Right. I like the way you're thinking. I like that idea. You've changed the, the landscape of baseball in the last 20 seconds. 
we fix the Red Sox every time we do this show. Okay, now let's do the more reactionary version of of fixing the Red Sox. Yeah. Okay. So I had said on social media that we're going to do this podcast. I'm sitting at my favorite lunch spot, and I'm watching this game. I'm saying, okay, enough fooling around. Let's go. Let's just get the guy. Get the guy that you're going to have for a couple years. Get the guy that you know is going to be in the rotation. Get the guy that's going to cost you a crap load of players. I don't care. Get the guy. And the guy I've always liked, and not only because he's a poet, Dylan Cease of the Chicago White Sox. I'm going to start here, guys. And this is going to be with the caveat that I think Alex Verdugo is having a great year. A great year. And I couldn't believe when I pulled up his baseball savant page to see how much he's improved defensively because, you know, baseball savant pages tell the whole story. I can't believe it. And and what's the guy's name from, I think he's uh, an MLB.com, Mike uh, Petriello? 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 I guess he's, I don't know. Somebody said, hey, what do you think? Because he's the guy to go track this stuff. What player has improved the most defensively from one year to the next? And he had mentioned Bogarts. He mentioned J.D. Davis, I think. And and so all I know is this. I don't remember. I, I think that Verdugo has improved more defensively from last year to this year than Bogarts did from 2021 and 2022. I, I think. I'll have to go look at their Savant pages, but we'll see. So I'm saying all this with the idea. Ready? Brace yourself. Verdugo for Dylan Cease. No. No. White Sox, say, White Sox say no to that one. Why are we trading Verdugo? See, I just wait. Like, hold on, Sammy. You're, you're you would say no for the Red Sox. I just don't. It, it feels like feels like he hates one Dylan Cease. One step That's what back. you hate, Dylan Cease. No, this is you hate Dylan this Cease. Is, this is this is this is this this is uh, this is great because this is literally like Sammy's desperately trying not to 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 be the the guy who is. Remember, Sammy. Just about a few minutes ago, you would say, I'm happy with the 84 wins. I'm happy with 81 wins. And now you don't want to trade for the guy who is going to potentially be the ace for the next three years. Yeah, no. Because you have to give up Verdugo. I'll tell you why. Because as as happy as I am with the sweep of Toronto and as happy as I would be if they got into the playoffs, do we think this is going to be a World Series team? Really? I know you could say all you have to do is. This get isn't just for this year, though. No, but that's what I'm saying. I'm talking about just this year. I, I have a, I have a reason. You can get an ace in free agency well, without no, getting no, rid you of. Can. No, yes, you, you can. can. Why can't you? You because, you because they don't can. win. They don't win free agency unless it's Masayoshida. Where out of the, out of the blue, you give an offer that's so much more than everybody else out of nowhere that Scott Boris doesn't even take a Zoom call. Well, okay, but, I, I have a I have a controversial guy that I want. I don't know how you'll feel about this, Gordo. I'm sure you you've heard me talk about this. I want that Yamamoto kid from Japan, who's absolutely unhittable, 24 years old, fits the timeline of this team, and throws like a hundred miles an hour. I love that kid. That's that's who I want to get. That's my long term play for starting pitcher. That's you the know one who I, I want. I want Shohei Itani. Can we get him? That's not gonna. I like both of those guys. Rob, here, like, me, I gotta like both of those guys. Up and comer. Quick, quick, funny thing, Rob. I don't remember who it was. I, I was seeing a debate on Twitter about Shohei Otani, and I saw one. 
One person said, I don't think we should get Shohei. We'd have too many lefties in the lineup. <laughs> Wait, you you saying someone actually said that? Someone said they don't think Otani is a good fit. Because and you he said, left-handed. I can't believe that I wasted one of my Twitter views on this tweet. <laughs> I, I almost got sick. <laughs> because he's left-handed. What are your... What are your 600 views? <laughs> what, what, yeah, I wasted one of my 600 views on this tweet. I wanted to you call Elon Musk me. and ask if I could get one more view because <laughs> I'm so they sick. Should, they, should, awesome. they should absolutely have have like a place where you can say, hey, listen, I, I, I just want to make a case. I did not really want to see this tweet, but I saw it by accident. Can I get one back? Tweet arbitration. <laughs> tweet arbitration. Yeah. yeah. Hey, show, hey, we... we we really like you, but we got too many left-handed bats in the lineup. Sorry. Gonna have to get uh, Luke Voigt. You know, I so I have the the baseballs and boring podcast is dropping tomorrow, or I'm sorry, Monday as well. Uh is with Evan Roberts of FAN, WFAN. And so we named him the um the Mets president because they were looking for one. And so like we asked him, well, what would you do for the Mets? And he said he would say he would give a blank check to Shohei Itani. I said, well, what would a blank check, what, you know, what would it start with? Realistically, it's like seven. And he made the case. He said, Otani, as maybe someone said it to him, that you basically take whatever the highest paid player is and you double it because you're doing the two things, right? Yeah. I mean, it's not a bad, terrible way to look at it. Yeah, if the market dictates that, I mean, it makes – it and the business exactly. and the business side of it, yeah, the marketability. No, that <laughs> that's what that's what it, that's what the negotiation should be. And that's You're, that's what the Mets need to start doing. The Mets need to start spending money, and then they'll start winning. <laughs> you're you're paying you're paying Mike Trout twice. You're 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 getting two Mike Trout quality guys, yes, and he's way are. more marketable than Mike right. Trout. It, 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 you you joke, but is that wrong? It's true. No, it's certainly not. Certainly is not there, wrong. I posted this question the other day. Is there a superstar? And I mean like a tip top of their sport, a superstar like Shohei Otani, who is pretty much universally liked in any sport. No. Can't think of one. A lot of LeBron haters. A lot of people. Yeah, in not a lot of people Canada. hate Otani. Yeah. A lot of people don't like McDavid because of the Oilers connection. You know, you could go on and on. But Otani, everyone loves him. And someone made a good point. Maybe it's because the language barrier, we don't hear him talk. We see his actions and what he does on the field. Maybe that helps him a little bit. But man, what what a dream to market that guy. It's the easy it's a Forget slam dunk. It's the easiest. It's the whatever team he goes to, the marketing team is gonna have the easiest job ever. Well, I'm wearing new balance because of him. So there you go. Uh so Gordo, you didn't answer my question. Verdugo for Cease. You said, Oh, you did answer it. You said the White Sox wouldn't do I- it. I think the White Sox wouldn't do it because Verdugo. So first of all, I think Dylan Cease is much more valuable, and then also he has two and a half years of control compared to Verdugo's one and a half. And like, yeah. if you're the White Sox and you're selling on, Cease, I think you're going to have to sweeten the pot a little bit, like just a little. But if you're well, if you're the White Sox and you're selling Cease, aren't you kind of just committing to the rebuild? Like, why do you want? Why do you even want Verdugo if you're selling Cease? Well, Cease hasn't been as good as he was last year. So it's not like, you know, this isn't like Chris Sale, you know, because basically what this is what we're talking about in terms of the, the amount of control you have. Chris Sale, even Blake Snell, 
like those guys. He's been sort of just a, a little bit below that this year. He's been really good, and that's what I think. I think he's – I think he just went through a rough patch this year. I think he's really good. I think he was really good last year. He's going to be really good. He's a guy that you stick at the top of the rotation. And, by the way, this team, even beyond this year, you you okay, you have Bayo. You know, you don't obviously don't know what you're going to have with Sale. You kind of need these guys. And and I get it, Yamamoto. I'm with it, Sammy. Let's go. I I, I get you. Like I just when anything free agency, I just don't feel like you can bank on it when it comes to a guy like that, where other teams are going to be heavily in on them. Like I don't know, and we we know now that yeah, teams are interested in Yoshida, but not to the level of the Red Sox. I think with Yamamoto, there's going to be a lot of teams all very interested in him. So but one thing that might help the Red Sox case is he's not exactly leading the market or he might not be leading the market for starting pitchers because there's also Nola and Urias as free agents. Maybe that helps, but that's still, I feel like now is the time where they have to go for it. And you could say they're not going to do it because we haven't really seen them go after that big fish free agent, but who knows? Maybe this is when they do it. We hadn't seen them give out a $300 million contract until we did. So I don't know. I'm not. I'm not counting them out of that by any means. Especially, especially after signing Yoshida, which means you know that Bloom is looking at NPB guys, and they're in on oh, that. Believe me, I know that they're obsessed. They've been obsessing over Yamada. Uh, was forget his name. Yoshinobu. What? That was his first name. Yamamoto. Yeah, yeah Yamamoto. I, I know they've been obsessing over him for the last couple of years. I know that. So I, this is it's not out of the realm of possibility. I think they're absolutely going to be interested in him. Um, you know, everyone makes a, a big deal. Oh, is he friends with Ishida, which we, you know, we tie ourselves into knots. Well, if, if the money's right. And the other part, the, I'm always wary, though, of the location. Like this, like with Otani, the fact that he didn't even take a meeting with the Red Sox, even though they had the Bruins, jer- the Bruins, Celtics, and Patriots jerseys ready to roll. It's going to say the Bruins even- jersey. Come on. Oh, it's the best picture I have. I mean, so funny. But it's it's. I'm desperately. I I finally tracked down the owner of the Celtics Otani jersey, but I have yet to secure a photo of it. So wait, what do you what do you mean the owner? Did they so it? so they no. So when they were lining up to hopefully have a meeting with Otani when he was signing, part of the pitch was they made up jerseys for the Bruins Celtics and um Bruins Celtics and Patriots with Otani on the back. So obviously they never had the meeting. So people, random people in the front office got these jerseys. So they got so the guy, uh I don't think I'm telling tales out of school, Gus Quadlebaum was the one who ended up with uh, I think he had the Bruins jersey, which I keep purposing repurposing on on Twitter. Which is great. It's a Bruins jersey with a Tani on the back. It's so random. And then uh and then like I said, somebody has a Celtics Otani jersey, which I'm trying to get a, a secure photo of. It's delicious. It's the it's the best. It's the best. So there you go. That's the story. So maybe there'll if, be a Celtics Yamamoto jersey in the near future. Ooh. Maybe. We could get it customized. I got a I got a customized Tingus Pingus jersey off of uh the Chinese secondary market. Same, same. We both did at the same time. Also, here, another thing to bring Yamamoto to Boston. If we're trading Adam Duvall to Milwaukee, like we talked about, 18 
is the number that the ace wears traditionally in NPB. Mm. We can offer it if Duvall's gone. It's all, it's, it's all coming together. How could he that, say no to that? Right there. You can't get that anywhere else. That is no. only on the Bradfoe show. No, yeah. <laughs> our, our offer is 50 million less than LA, but we can give you your favorite jersey number. So we we have identified that they may have the inside track on his favorite jersey number and that we can evidently secure anything on the Chinese black market. Yes. And then Easy. Otani is not an option because he bats left-handed. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. There you that go. Too. All right, Gordo, what do you got for Dylan Cease? If my, I'm, full, I'm full, so full of hooey. Okay, so I, I tried to get a little creative because to be honest with you, even even with Dylan Cease having kind of a down year, and he's he had a really good June. He had a 2-2 ERA in June, so he, he's picked it back up. Um, but even with him having a down year, I feel like they're going to want any offer to start with Meyer, but I just didn't even go there because I don't think the Red Sox are going to touch him. So I tried to get a little creative here. So I've got Dylan Cease coming to the Red Sox and going back to the White Sox. I've got Nick York, Sedan Rafaela, a lower tier prospect. I, I said CJ Lou just because he showed some promise earlier in the year. And then the kicker in this deal is that we're swapping Tristan Casas and Andrew Vaughn. So Andrew Vaughn and Tristan Casas are pretty or were pretty similarly touted prospects, both like in the. 15 to 25, 30 range for multiple years before they got called up. Vaughn has three and a half years of control. Casas has five and a half years of control. Both bat first guys, like guys who are, you're looking for the bat. If they're not going to hit, they're lumbering first baseman, both not very good defensively. Although Casas, I I think has more promise than Vaughn does. Um, But Vaughn has been trending up similarly to Casas. It's not like it's like a downgrade. In fact, in the short term, it's probably an upgrade. Although if you look at it a year or two from now, I do think and hope that Casas takes that next leap. The the reason that that is in there is because if you're the White Sox, you're now getting five and a half years of this guy as you're entering a rebuild compared to the three and a half years of Vaughn. So I don't... It's tough because I, I basically tried to put together a deal in which the Sox don't touch Meyer and don't trade every single other prospect that they have besides <laughs> Meyer. And it, it, I had to get a little creative with it. And to be honest with you, I still, if we're going to answer the who says no question, I think it's the White Sox that say no. But that's about as as high as I could go. They, the Sox really, they have, they've, they've got a much deeper farm and they've got some good prospects, but they really only have one true blue chip guy. And the issue is when when you're the Red Sox and you have and you've basically hunted the next two years of of at least one middle infield spot, whether you want to call it shortstop or second base, it's kind of hard to to go back on that now and trade Meyer because you. I mean, look look at what they've done this year basically to keep that spot open for Marcelo Meyer. No, no, they're they're not ever trading him. Right, not, you can't. It, I love you know it used to be. Whenever you ask Dave Dombrowski, it was sort of a joke amongst media members. 
any time you ask Dave Dabrowski, is a guy untouchable? He would always say the same thing. Well, you know, nobody's untouchable. For instance, we traded, uh, you know, Miguel Cabrera. Like he kept using Miguel Cabrera every single time, every single time. And okay, fine. But I can tell you, like, this is, he's not, they're not ever trading him. So I like I I, that. I don't, I mean, I don't hate it. I would like to see who's valued. Like, I'm just thinking through it. Like, okay, if you swap out like Roman Anthony, how is Roman Anthony view compared to like Sedan Raffaella? In other words, and then I started thinking, well, the White Sox suck defensively. They want to get better. Raffaella is a better guy in that respect. So there's some guys you can toy with, but I like the overall idea. Yeah, it's, it's just it's a tough one to put together because I mean, at least now, because right now, if you're buying Cease today or in the next month, it's like it's like the way they talked about Juan Soto. You're buying three postseason periods of Dylan Cease, so that price goes down every single time you hit an off season. That's the way I look at it. And you so would, when you you guys would agree with me though, like we're talking about what they need now. One of the reasons why I feel comfortable even even surfacing this thing that will never happen is that I think going forward, whether it's Yamamoto or whoever, going forward, you do need this guy. You need to find another guy. We've established now, unfortunately, that Garrett Whitlock is like, he might end up being that guy, but you can't right now count on him. And that sucks because he's he's everything you want in a pitcher, but in a guy, in a teammate and everything else. So, but you you're going to need another guy to go along with Bayo, that's just how it is. To, to, if you want to be in this division, that's how it is, in my view. Can I pose a question to you guys? You may. Because, because I feel like the only time we talk about this guy is in terms of, oh, if the Red Sox are out of it in a month, what can you get for him? But let's say the Red Sox are you know, a game out or whatever, and they don't want to trade James Paxton. They want to stay in this. They want to, they want to push forward and try to make the playoffs. You get to the end of the year with James Paxton, and let's say he does he doesn't get hurt. He stays healthy the whole rest of the season, and you get to the offseason. He's pitched well. He's pitched as well. We'll say he pitches as well as he's done to this point, so he's going to get the qualifying offer. Would you re-sign him, or do you look at it as, can we really bring back an injury-prone guy when we have Chris Sale spot, er, slotted into the rotation, and now we've got Whitlock, who has shown that his elbow is going to bark and you know, it's not necessarily the healthiest pitch. That's what I mean. Seen this that's year. what I'm what talking do do? about. It's okay like to have season. a guy like that. It's fine. I mean, you're going to have, they, they tried somewhat to get Nathan Ovaldi back. That's fine. I mean, you know, the risk that comes with that. It, it, it's okay. But at some point you need the guys that you, you kind of feel like, Oh, these are the future. These, the, the, the guy that is Brian Bayo, but a little more established than Bayo to build around. They've always, this that. is what they all, this is what they've been doing. I mean, they got Waka, they got before that Garrett uh, Richards, they got, um, you know, they, they take flyers on the guys and that's fine. But and and Paxson would sort of fall somewhere in between the certainty and the uncertain. Yeah. But I just, I'm just saying that you just need a little bit more of the certain, I think. Well, what if, what if I propose this? You if may. James Paxson does this, no, no, I, I'm going to take it back. Because I, what I what I want, and it's not I'm not going to get what I want, but I want Paxton in there one more year so that we can fast forward to the free agency that I would like to see the Sox if 
like part, I want to see the Sox participate in the starting pitcher free agency two years from now when you got those Brewers guys up. I, I think Brandon Woodruff and Corbin Burns are both better pitchers and just better long-term outlook guys than some of the guys that we see hitting the free agent market this year. Because like obviously, like we talk about Yamamoto and he is the youngest and like has insanely electric stuff and we've seen the highlights and all that stuff. But in terms of the big league arms that are hitting free agency, free agency, there's a lot of names. There's names like we talk about Julio Rios, like Aaron Nola, but these aren't guys that are trending in the right direction. Like these are guys that are. No, I wouldn't having... sign either one of those guys. Right. So like, and, I mean, Aaron Nola, front of the program, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't sign either one of them. Right. So yeah, you've got like you've got a bunch of names, and like I remember talking about this last offseason. It's it was all about oh patch the starting pitching together until you get to next offseason because you have all those guys. And then the year after you have those two Brewers guys I talked about, but you also have Shane Bieber and he, I mean, he's obviously his, his peripherals have trended in the wrong direction too. So, well, I, think, I don't know. I, I think that you, you said something that hasn't been talked about a lot and that's James Paxson. If he gets to the end of the year, pitching like he is now, like he's a, like if that doing? happens, he's a qualifying offer guy. And you know what? He might take it. I know he's 34 now, but this is a guy who basically took a $4 million contract because he liked the training staff here. You know? And I know that maybe, you know, maybe he viewing it as this is my last good contract. This is my big chance. But still, $19 million, he's, he's, he's already signed big contract. I mean, he could take that. And I think that you would be fine with it. It would be a chance, sure. But if he pitches like this to the end of the year, I would give him a qualifying offer. Absolutely. Well, say say he turns it down, Rob. Well, like, if what what kind of contract can a can a guy like him? You know, he's going to be what entering his age thirty five. You know what season? he could get? He could get a three year deal. I'm going to give you an example. He okay, is Rich Hill. Yeah, like Rich Hill. Rich Hill. If you remember that, he revived his career on four starts in September. 2015 he gets the one-year contract with oakland perfect spot a lot of foul ground and everything else gets traded they basically signed this one-year deal does well gets traded to the dodgers next thing you know the next year he signs a three-year deal i mean and and obviously like he boy he was on the other he was like 37 something like that 36 but he signs a three-year deal that's what you're talking about. And and the other part about this, you asked about Paxton and the contract. This is how baseball's going. Sammy's just guzzling his whiskey. Like, I don't think he likes my the way I'm talking. Well, no, I, I I'm I'm not a cease guy. I haven't I haven't said my cease points yet, but I'm oh, loading so you up. Don't, you don't okay, go ahead. I've talked enough about Rich Hill's contract. No, I mean like Dylan Cease is a good pitcher, but there's there's just red flags with him. Last year, he led the league in walks. This year, he's second in the AL in walks. Every single pitch of his is down a mile per hour. He did not give up any hard hits last year. You know, I'm being hyperbolic, but he barely gave up hard hits last year. This year, he's in the ninth percentile for hard hit rate and the 13th percentile for average exit velocity. I'm just, and just between the walks and him getting hit hard, and I'm not trying to say he's not a good pitcher. Obviously, Dylan Cease is a beast. It's just the red flags. They really give me pause. I don't know how well he'll age. 
I'm rooting for the guy. He seems cool. I like his mustache. Great but poet. It's just isn't that unbelievable? His poet, that poem. That, really yeah, that, was, that was one of the wildest. And I know I know you had it in the book, so I'd read it, but I um I think it was like opening day, the White Sox put out a video with it being narrated and he's kind of just like walking through a forest and it's like oh slide a slide oh slide a slide it was wild it had is, a good time he's just, a great guy he's a great guy he's an interesting guy he's a very 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 good pitcher but i don't want to give up two of our top five prospects and tristan casas for him and then you know Tristan Casas light. I'm not a big Andrew Vaughn guy either. I'm just. All right. Well. well. Oh, shoot. Here is Zingo. Look what Boston gave up for Dylan Cease, who now has a five and a half ERA in his age 32 season. I'm just, I'd rather, if we're going to go big, I'd rather it be someone else. And this is totally not me saying that Dylan Cease is not a great pitcher. He's very good. We'd love to have him on the Red Sox. I just don't know if he's the guy I go all in for. Too many red flags. Too alarming. Scared. I don't I don't entirely disagree with you, to be honest with you, Sammy. Because, I mean, this is... If you're making a deal like this, and you, uh, to get a guy like Cease, it's not just one good prospect that's going to be able to do it just based off of the year he had last year. Like, you're... This is the big trade that you're making. So you got to know. You got to know that the guy you're getting is the guy. So yeah. unless you've got some sort of like, oh, like we we see Denelson Lamette, we see a couple things that he we can do with Denelson Lamette and we think he could be good. Unless you have like some stuff like that with Cease to where you think, oh my God, we can make him even better than he was last year. Then yeah, you're right. This is this is not something that you're going to invest three quarters of, of your top prospects in. It's I just, agree. Like I said, led the league in walks last year, and the percentages are going down, not up. If we're going to go crazy and go big, booming blockbuster trade, I'd rather trade for Corbin Burns. You know, the price might be similar, better pitcher, not as good of a contract. He's um, arb three. He also had a down year. Yeah, I know, but there's like peripherals aren't as like daunting with Corbin Burns, and it's just it's more a sustainable formula he has, where it's the cutter. He's not walking guys. And it's not just Corbin Burns. There's other options. It's just the cease talk. I've heard so much talk about Dylan Cease. And again, great pitcher. I just don't, I don't, I don't think he's the guy to go all in for. And one one thing to remember. Great mustache. I'm a mustache guy. It's It's true. It's you know what? It's a lush mustache. Someone (laughs) bet me a dollar that I couldn't use lush twice in this podcast. So there you go. Lush stash. Him, him and Spencer Strider headlining a rotation would feed Oh, families. my God. Can you trade for him? Is that possible? <laughs> that I would give Meyer and more. <laughs> I'd give it all. For, for one Spencer quad. Strider? Yeah, he got it because he got extended, too. So what? He's got... It's, it's so crazy. It's so... It's what the Braves are doing. It's so crazy. I mean, the fact that... And I had, like... I think I had identified Matt Olson. Matt Olson in spring training. Remember, Matt Olson hit like a billion home runs in spring training. And I'm like, socks. I'm yeah, I'm like, this guy's gonna win the MVP. And they got off to a slow start, but now he actually might win the well, he won't because his Acuna's gonna win the MVP. But mm-hmm. but think about what they did. Think about what Alex Anthopoulos did. It is kooky. Where you trade an iconic guy or you let an iconic guy go, Freddie Freeman, 
And, oh, yeah, okay, go ahead. I'm going to trade for this guy. Oh, yeah, and you know what? He's going to be just as good, and we're going to sign him for a long, long time. And, by the way, we're going to sign all these other awesome players for a long, long time. It's nuts. It's nuts. What do they do? Do they buy out, like, the uh, – what is it? Arbitration? Yeah, they buy out the Arbiers to guarantee them. The yeah, and, and I think that – and we had – Alex on Alex Anthopoulos and, and you know a big part of it and I think that he admitted this is when you get some guys to do it then the other guys want to do it a little bit more and you go from there and I, I think that's what's what's happening here and and you know I know the Red Sox fans are and, and really high and bloom too all we want to do these deals we want to do these deals the reality is that you know other than Bayo now there's there's no one to do them with I mean, that's that's and that's the thing. Atlanta, it's amazing that Atlanta even had these guys to do them with. So yeah. By the way, how did Michael Walker make not make the All Star team? Uh, his his contract. Oh, oh really? <laughs> By the way, so the reason I like Corbin Burns, despite the four ERA this year, people who use baseball savant, mm. it's all red everything is red he is Mm -hmm. metric wise this is the very very baseline way to describe it nothing to be alarmed about there's positive positive progression on the horizon i am very certain with corbin burns i'm not all right not worried about well you know what that means that you're gonna have to come up with a corbin corbin burns um who says no coming up soon Oh. Well, you know what? It's it's interesting because Corbin Burns is a year ahead of Cease in terms of the exp- expiration date, so he he's got a year and a half. If you if you wait till the off season, and this is a guy who doesn't have a good relationship with the Brewers front office after they bungled his arbitration stuff this past year, he was really upset about that. So this is not a guy that I think is long for Milwaukee. I was honestly a little bit surprised even before the arbitration stuff that they didn't take care of that trade this offseason, but they seem pretty disinterested in it. I just, I feel like the red, like we talked about this a lot last week when we were talking about Hassan Kim, but it feels like the Red Sox have a pretty clear path to knowing what to trade. Because in the end, you've got Sadon Rafaela as one of your top prospects. He's probably your center fielder of the future or not because Jaron Duran's your center fielder of the future. So you've got one of those guys. You've got Trevor Story locked in the middle infield. That means only one of Marcelo Meyer and Nick York has a spot in the middle infield of the Red Sox future. So I, the the pieces are there. I mean, this is what the Braves. You know who done. we we know who we haven't even talked about ever is their first round pick from last year. It's Hardy when you don't play, right? <laughs> you do have to play, but the fact that you had your first round pick from last year, another middle infielder. Remember. Yeah, he just got on the field, right? Like the last two weeks or yeah. so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The um and by the way, that Nick York draft, the 2020 draft, a lot of guys starting to pop up on the uh on the old baseball reference being bolded, making the major leagues yeah. all around Nick York. You know, a lot of guys in that That's first fun. round. York's probably next year. We'll see. Um, can you ask Sazan Rafaela if he would do that trade involving his brother? Yeah, I'm sure he'd love that. Like, yeah, man. What, what? Ask him this: Would you trade Sedan Rafaela straight up for Dylan Cease? Do you think 
he wants to send his brother into the the White Sox. Sure, Major Leagues. He's going to be a star. Yeah, come on. You you get traded for Dylan Cease. That you're a name now. You're the guy. True. Or or you have a ton of pressure on you because you're the guy who got traded for Dylan Cease. That's Southside. You think he's fine? That's believe me. Big difference. Big difference. Talk a lot of White Sox on this podcast. I, I don't we do. Know. They're poachable. A, I mean, there's a lot to talk about. They're a polarizing organization. They really are one of the more interesting organizations. Well, it's also like when we're looking at when we're looking at teams to trade with, it's they're far more interesting than Kansas City or Colorado or or you know some of these other teams. They just are. They, yeah, those yeah. other teams have nothing. Why? And yet, and yeah, what are they like? Like four and a half back. <laughs> yeah, they, they're like basically. I was thinking about this. Like, I, I think on Friday we were the same amount out as them, and I'm like thinking about like what to poach from the White Sox. It's like okay, like they they could easily be poaching stuff from us. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we'll have to wait to get your answer about why Michael Walker is on the All Star team another time. Um. So, so I, by the way, I'm going to look up real quick. I'm going to look up standings just to update you uh, because it's very, very important. Oh, come on. Come on. Oh, my goodness. Stupid. It's just going in circles. Anyway. What do you want? I got oh, it. I got oh, it. no, I got it. I got it. Uh, oh, White Sox five and a half back. Detroit. Uh-oh. Back. Lorenzen, four back. They're not trading him. Oh, come on. If they don't trade Lorenzen, clean house. He just made the all-star team. They're never going to be selling higher on that guy. Him and his Pat Brown. Him and his Pat Brown traps. All right. (laughs) I got to go. All right, guys. Another successful uh, podcast. Um, I don't think we overreacted one way or the other, which should be a goal, sort of. I don't know. Maybe we should. Who knows? So uh, so what do they got? They got – now we got the Rangers. That'll be interesting. Rangers and, and then then Oakland and then the All Star Game. It's going to be a great. And you know what? What? You you know what that means? They're they're going to take two out of three from Texas and they get swept by Oakland. They're going to yep. be swept. Nothing better to go to the All Star break than being swept by Oakland. Um. All right. All right, guys. Excellent job. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.